welcome to Art for the People, a podcast engaging with the works and ideas of Nigerian and African writers and artists. I'm your host, Molara Wood. My guest on this episode is the visual artist Ngozi Shomers. Art for the People was at her last exhibition in Nigeria titled The Way We Mask for a conversation about the artist's exploration of hair. Joining the conversation later is curator and gallery director Moses Huyomohai, a familiar face to visitors to Quintessence Gallery in Ikoyi, Lagos over the years. We also take contribution from artist Wura Natasha Ugunji, who curated Shoma's exhibition. So, come with us to the exhibition rooms of the National Museum Lagos as we delve into The Way We Mask. Eje abara wasi, eje abara wayayo, eje abara ni sutoro, eje ayare ni lokmo. At the National Museum Unicorn Lagos for this wonderful exhibition, The Way We Mask by Ngozi Shomas. Welcome, Ngozi. Thank you so much for having me. So, this exhibition opened just a few days ago. Can you yeah. talk about that um, opening event? It was really amazing. I had a lot of people come by. and remember my exhibition was opened at the same time as Artex was ongoing when it opened. So I didn't expect to have many people come in to see this exhibition, I mean, in groups and all that. So. Um, that day was really hectic because I have to talk about the. I got to a point that I, I, I had nothing more to say because I've given like I've forgotten how many round a walkthrough tours that I had to do for this. So it was an amazing experience. People coming up to me and saying this is really amazing and that they have a new look the way they look at themselves or or even hair, you know, that I covered a lot of ground just through hair. And for me, it's basically connecting back to history. And it happened, and people have been, I mean, they've been amazed since from the installation to, to, to it actually being in the museum. And I thank everybody that worked, I keep saying it, is a teamwork to install this, knowing that it's not, they're not framed, they're not usual, your usual installation uh, process. So I'm, I'm really happy. Great. Why, you talked about um, basically exploring hair through mm. history. Mm. I found it very interesting that you mentioned uh, a childhood Yes, memory. Yeah. Childhood memory. Yes. Uh, of your mom. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Helping people do their hair, their, her friends. Yeah. ETC. You've yeah. also uh, talked about the archival images in the book. Yeah. Uh, very interesting for me because I think the very last exhibition here before yours was Kelani Abbas's um, yes. exhibition. Uh, 
colonial indexicality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I did come to this very museum with him. I wrote about it. And he had been inspired by uh, archival images from co uh, colonial times yeah. by North Coast farmers. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. And in, when I wrote about it, one of the things that struck me the most was the the sheer variety and uh, of, of hair in a lot of styles that we've even lost. So it's so striking for me that you're in similar terrain yes. or taking it in new directions. Did yes, you want yes. to speak to that? Yes. Um, the idea to, I've been working on this exhibition for the past two years. Um, when in, uh, in the city where I live in Germany, uh, Bremen, I was call, approached by the museum to collaborate, collaborate with them on um, uh, their colonial uh, presence uh, and the way the museum collected in the past. And, and um, Hugh Locke and I were the two contemporary artists that were chosen to, to have this dialogue and give it our own contemporary um, voice. And at that, for that project, you know, it's broad. So I was given the packaging, colonial packaging, tea, tea packs, and um, it's the old package where you see faces of black women, some very made up and some tilting uh, farmlands and all that, happily cultivating coffee or, co or cotton or whatever plantation, yeah, plantation workers yeah and I was looking also and some even will be carrying something on top of their head so I was looking at that the first time I saw those images or those containers because I had a fixed contact with it I was taken to the ethnography uh, museum where I had to I was taken to the storage where I had to look at those things so my first reaction was of shock so this is how my people were seen and the second reaction was In like Germany, yeah my second reaction was like well I'm going to correct that because I do not see myself and my people in that manner so I started and I'm one of those people that enter into this dialogue not from a, a place of hot but a place of co correction and enlighten people because I feel that's how what we could do and when you understand your your culture you'll be able to do that without getting all worked up over something that already happened I mean it's our collective history and we can only clean it up and say that wasn't a, a real and all that so I started creating drawings. I know speaking to my curator, I remember speaking to her, she was like, because what are you going to do? So I sent them a drawing of what I plan to do with these containers and these elements. So she said, oh, that's fantastic. So you'll be dialoguing from a female perspective. I said, yes, I've always discussed whatever I'm doing from that point of view because I felt women were really really ignored and our culture were just twisted and fed it back to us so because of that I'll have this narrative on Africa what Africa is to me from a female uh, uh, perspective so she said oh I like this one 
I don't know how. We had so many meetings. Men attended, Africans as well. And some of them were like, oh, good. And some were like, but we were also, I said, I'm not disputing that. I'm just trying to correct something, you know, that we are weak. Our job is to cook or carry stuff and all that. I'm just trying to correct that. So I started documenting women like you, strong women that I come across. Uh, um, their presence, the energy speaks to me who I'm going to document. And the idea was to give everyone 10 minutes tops 10 minutes of my time so and I realized how when I meet these women that some of them will go like I do not have time or you have to come to my house I can't do portrait with you here like this you know so it was, it was so funny to get all these reactions. reactions but they were all amazing it was really amazing. So contemporary women. Yes. And you were doing this in in Germany. Germany. Okay. I wasn't doing African it. I, I documented in Lagos, okay. in Ghana, uh, Takoradi, Accra. People I see on on my uh, my drive from Accra to Takoradi. Um, in in Germany, Afro Germans, Africans that were born there. Um, people that were living there in Zurich. I was in Zurich. You know, I was. Doc- a, a whole variety of women from all over but of African descent. African yeah. Descent. So it wasn't just African because it's also a word that so true with this project I didn't know. I kept on saying African. I, I addressed everybody with that word. Then I realized that at some point it changed because we had to use words like uh, people of color. So of color. yeah, so you have to include everybody. And I remember telling people I'm I'm a Nigerian. I'm an African woman. I do not I identify with that but since it makes everybody happy people of color is also fine so we went on with that so there's a lot of politics in the way you know we say some of the The things we say even uh, some African Americans now are contesting the people of color tag because they say it's a way also of erasing yes yes (laughs) Black Americans, yes, but there are times when people of color allows for that for, for all that. And yes. I heard from an American because a project like this, how museum functions there is different. They have to bring in a lot of people, uh, scientists, and all that. So an American actually said it was Americans that started with this term because they want to choose how the white people address them. But that's uh, not part of this. So I was just looking at, and I realized from that project and when the exhibition opened, how hair and our look was so important even to the viewers and even to the Africans. The exhibition. Yes, uh, at Kunsthalle Bremen. And how uh, the the Afro-Germans, their take on hair and looks is different from my take on hair and looks. I'm not oppressed by the uh, 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 identity politics. I'm not oppressed by race because I'm not American. I'm not even South African. So I come from West Africa where the idea of hair is different. So I started thinking around hair. I'm going to do something on hair. I've always, since I went natural... Beyond that um, exhibition. What was the exhibition called? 
It was called, called The Blind Spot, the and blind my spot. work was uh, called on frame narratives. So I was kind of, okay, I'm going to do something around here. I've always wanted to do it, but I'm going to give it depth. I'm going to take them through my hair journey, through all those things that... And, and, and focus it yeah, tightly and not, focused. Yeah, tightly focused and not take away anything by colonial times. and Because we had culture that was inexistent before the colonialists came. So to erase that time period all the time was something that is so difficult for me to do or even accept. So I remember telling people, oh, well, we've done that back in the days. I've seen it in that photo or I've heard my mom said, oh, her mom used to do it. That means my grand, great, great grand taught my grand how to do that and all that. So I said, I'm going to travel even further through time to, to, to do this research. What you've just said now uh, mm. brings me to this uh, thing you said in your statement about uh, bringing back beauty that is forgotten. Yes, yes. I felt when I started the research, I remember I started the research from a place of memory first. And that place of memory was me growing up, I think in the 80s, early 80s, was the first time I came across Abohomo, which is a maiden masquerade that takes its uh, uh, resemblance from women of whatever time it is that that masquerade is appearing. So I remember that the Abohomo I saw at that time had a wig on and gele wrapped on top of it. So I now said, okay, so this is a starting point for me because finding our past is usually difficult because they are not well categorized and cataloged. Well, yeah, archived, archived and all that. So it, it's always... has been very poor. Yes. So it's always difficult. You don't even know where to find them, feel them, touch them, being in their presence. So... I know to see the ways that the past is living through our present. Exactly, now. exactly. If someone sees a masquerade going down the street, would they know that yes. this is some kind of representation of what Way femininity back. might have represented to them 300 so, years ago? Yeah. So I now started doing doing that. I typed in Abomo and it brought like different ones. I was looking at them, how beautiful they are. And when I look at them, I was seeing something beyond beauty. It is beautiful, which is the first thing I identified with. But I was seeing other things. I was seeing movement. I was seeing architecture, building, home, a place to rest. I was seeing nature, animals, everything embedded in this style. So our ancestors didn't just think about beauty. They incorporated everything around them to make what they called style. So I then said, okay, this helps me to find the women. And I found, in doing that research, I found the uh, book Among the Igbos of uh, Nigeria, written by Thomas Basden. And he had those images, he had those women. He talked in a page where he said that to do hair would take a whole day, forever. 
and by the time they finished and he talked to her even though his language sometimes might be a bit uh like we were naive or something like that but the thing is i loved Given reading the that period yeah. in which he was right it was also, he was writing and yeah. the colonial gaze e- exactly so i was looking at it and when he said that and how they will mold the middle up and then start to make this that that is flattened he used the word flattened down and when i was reading it i saw the force in that he's using to say that flattened down which is the patterns that you see by the side that i'm looking at and remembering some of the early signs that i've come to know or or identify with so and i said oh this is amazing seeing these hairstyles and the connection to abohomo and i started taking that time doing what was never done which is how this hairstyles kind of kept on inspiring us till date i mean it's striking that he says hair could take it takes the whole day and if you go uh, to yeah, under a Kenya bridge now and see uh, people doing 1,000 blades, yes, uh, you're complaining. Take, yeah, you're complaining. Yeah, you're complaining. <laughs> and and the forms and you talked also what they use charcoal, uh, oil, and in the page, in the hair. yeah, they use it to mold the hair. And in a page, he even said something about it being. Um, permanent that if you want to take up the style you have to take out the entire structure and and, and I loved all this and how he 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 was you know referring to them being structure and all which is what I saw without even reading what he has written about the hairstyles so I started kind of traveling from that time down to the colonial times the styles of the 50s 40s in in in, in the west where they have this call pattern that is just like when you roll your hair and leave it and put it down so i was taking all the by the west you mean yeah europe no. europe and america okay okay, okay. i thought maybe you yeah. meant western no Nigeria. no 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 okay. Europe and America. So I was looking at all those patterns and I know it's the same pattern you see on the sides of this hairstyle. So I said, oh wow, this is amazing. So what I've done with the drawings was to kind of was to kind of add all those elements. To add all those elements I've seen, the animals, structure being it looking like a building like this one when you look at it it's part of uh, so what are these ones called uh, they're called collectively they're called man masquerade in Igbo yes you you mentioned the name of the masquerade I mean collectively it's titled man Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and okay. I chose the style. masquerade. In it means okay. ma- ma- okay. masquerade, but in a way, mamu is also a double meaning. Okay, it could mean when you walk out, step out of your house, and you're looking all dolled up, beautiful, and people will say, "Wow, mamu." Like you've had, amazing. done yourself. Yes. Oh, you've done yourself. Yeah, really? like yeah. amazing. You look mm-hmm. beautiful mm-hmm. and all that. And sometimes you can step out and maybe the colors and everything, that person have done it, everything is not working. And they will go like, Mom. 
you know, like what's what's going on, you know, that's the colors. Yeah, it means at that point you're not looking for like everything doesn't work. What you put together doesn't work. So it depends on how the person says it. Then you the know if they yeah the context. Then you know if that if it's saying, complimentary, if it's complimentary or, or kind critiquing. of no 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 don't do that again. <laughs> so like how many pieces are on the uh, with these pieces of paper that you have here? Uh, like how many are these? At the, at the moment, uh, what I have here is 51 pieces. 51 pieces. Yes. And they all represent? They uh, all represent the same thing. Like I said, I was missing. When you look at it, it's the styles from the 60s down to... For the Igbos, you know, we had this break in, 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 in history, uh, which was caused by the Civil War. So for me, these ones were by the time... Uh, my mom, I, I saw this picture of my mom with her friend, which was taken in the 70s. Then I wasn't yet born, and she, uh, her friend had an Afro wig, and she had the high wig, you know, the flat ones by the side or something, called up, and up is really high. So I was also looking at that, at how it, it references the the pre-colonial hairstyles because the the center was always uh, overdefined and pushed up really high or molded up high so this ones are referencing those times so with this works with this drawings is basically to travel through time and when you look at this it looks almost like gazelle dancing you know like the bed yes. but it's actually it, it even looks almost like an ostrich from yes, here yes yes dancing so i was communicating all the time this idea that they picked from nature to 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 create styles so i was you know looking at marveled with all those things that inspired my people to create here so when i was doing it i'm picking their bomb like dancing yes. then i now did um, a lot of me are in this work especially when you're seeing afro so those are those are my hair and i kind of bring it also with like this is when you call her in a certain way or do the song gaps. So when I put match them together, it starts looking like what I wanted it to look like, kind of creating new forms. It was important to me because I feel like what we are doing is to take from the past and create new forms yeah, for ourselves. Yeah. You have said that um, your works are in some ways, the, the various ways in which you see yourself. Yes. Uh, I mean, you've just said here that where we see Afro, it's also an element of yourself. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. So, uh, yeah, all through the, the production of this work, I looked inwards. I looked, I started with me, like I said, my memory to travel. So I put myself in all of them to, to make it what it is. So I'm kind of asking also people to take this journey with me. Maybe they will also start finding themselves in these self-portraits in as much as we try so much to disregard this time of call. I remember when I went natural, I was called scruffy, uh, 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 that I looked scruffy. So I was After, going to ask you about your natural hair yeah, journey. So yeah, I was called, I didn't have a good 
support line the very first time I did go natural. So I was called scruffy, which drove me back to retouching my hair. So the second time I went natural, I, what I did was just to go to the salon and tell them, can you take off everything? And the girl was like, but you know, it can grow out by itself that the relaxed hair is weak. I said, I know, but can you take it off? So she did that. So they cut my hair pretty much this slow and I took it from there. Because, end, basically. Yes, yeah. and that was the end. I didn't get you looked scruffy and I enjoyed How long every, ago was that? Um I think I went natural two thousand and thirteen. So and since yes. then yeah, and since then I've been carrying my hair the way I like it. I enjoy every bit of my hair day. It's, it's a day, and I feel like every woman owes that to themselves to have a good hair day where you just spend time with your hair and know that your ancestors did exactly the same thing, that you're not doing something out of the ordinary, and that's what I do. And every, that every day is a revelation in itself. Yes, you'll be, be so shocked what you realize that every strand is saying something else. And I've found ways to rock it, the places that are not as coily as the other parts. And, you know, so I've found ways to make everything work. So I feel like um, the best thing we can do is to get back to, to that point and now find ways to create our new self. It, there is no problem in finding new things. I mean, we live in a globe, globalized society commercialized society so we have to I was telling somebody I'm not going to stop people from fixing hair or having a, their hair straight but I just want them to take this journey with me and you can't because people need to make money as well they need to sell attachment to you sell uh, uh, relax and the rest to you so it's not something you and Nigeria is a like I said is different that we do not even I remember hair in school was something you get to a point where you are allowed to, to, grow, to, your to hair. grow your hair so mine was SS1 that was when I, you are welcomed into the fold and it can also easily be taken from you and is again our, us not understanding our culture or even the idea of class because we've always had class depending on that person's economical state status or their stand in the society. So I feel like people came, walked through understanding our culture and kind of changed it for us and we've been living by that standard and it's about sense. time to start asking questions and even in the education system exactly um, yeah. forcing young girls either you cut your hair very low or it is a prescribed yes. hairstyle for yeah. this week yeah. uh, whereas elsewhere now people of African yeah. descent elsewhere the battle is how to ensure that this child that has locks yeah. will not be forced in a to, white environment yeah. to cut the hair. Yes. It's really interesting it the is. interplay and I yeah. do have uh, yeah. these conversations with myself also. So now, 
like um, these 51 uh, drawings. Mm. So these are done in what? Uh, what's the medium? The medium is, uh, is on paper, cut out on paper. So what I've done is to start drawing again, or I've always drawn, I draw to do the dots and all that, but I've never, I haven't done any intensive drawing like I did with Kunsale, because what I did with Kunsale was also uh, drawing. So it's been a while since I've done that amount of drawing. It's in ink, charcoal, and watercolor a bit. These ones, right? All uh, yes, yeah, I, some are in watercolor. I thought I saw charcoal, but I wanted you to yes, confirm yes, it to yes. yourself. So I went back to drawing and my most favorite medium for drawing is uh, charcoal. Um, I'm in love with charcoal and finding out that they use charcoal to style hair was much made in heaven. So I, I worked with charcoal and some cases you see it almost taking a, a 3D form or in 3D form coming from two dimensional to, to 3D and it's just me exploring. Almost also yeah, like, moving. The, like the, mas the masquerade. Yes, yes. To, to create those movements. It, oh, it's, wow. um, it's still me trying to, you know, to tell people that in as much as you might see things and they look stagnant to you, you have to get another glasses and look at it again because the movement, the lines, the connection is just amazing. And I, what I've done is to take elements. So like I said, they are not all, you know, uh, uh, just the masquerade, but you see signs of the masquerade and mixing different times. These the feet. Yeah, the feet. So uh, uh, dancing there is also dancing, and it's basically like, like I said, I put a lot of me in it. So it's the masquerade is moving. Then it's my head that forms the rest of the body in the way I sway as well. Like putting, doing this, and putting myself right at that time to dance with them, to rediscover with them, to be one with, 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 with them. You know the song by Willow Smith? Mm -mm. I whip my hair back and forth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> from, from, from many years yes. ago. Yes, yes. yes. My name is Moses Ohiomo Hai. I was going to ask you, I mean, people, some people say life is cyclical mm. and would you see that? Would you see these hairstyles that has moved through time as cyclical? Would they be making a comeback? Exactly. A I think they are already making a comeback. Okay. When you look at the the tread style, the treading styles, that some are coming back. Even some are still subjected to not uh, come back. Like um, when I take you around those ones you see what yeah. I was trying what I'm trying to explain my friend I made I made my friend get some uh, not some gaps um, uh, my finger and when we finished she looked at it oh, what is that sorry it's a hair style okay okay brilliant <laughs> yeah. okay please say it again my finger okay yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. okay yeah uh -huh. and when she finished that oh god this is beautiful please can you take pictures of me I did, and after taking the pictures, she's, she said, okay, they can take it off now. And I'm like, 
This is amazing. Why we would they? The yeah, at the market. Why will you take it off? So, because I have to go to work tomorrow, and they will not. They will not like this at the bank. I will be giving query for having this hairstyle, and I'm like, okay. So they had to take it off, and she combed her hair, packed it, wow. and, and and she grows her hair. She she went natural after I've gone natural, so I kind of inspired her. But it was better for her to pack the hair and go to work so she doesn't get into trouble. So we're still facing all those, in as much as there are people that want to reconnect, but we're facing all those. And we don't know, like you've said it already, we just do those things without knowing why we do it. And you see people that, there's a man that came and said, none of my workers will be penalized for wearing any of this hairstyle. I said, that's you, we need more, we need more, more people like yes, you. We need you know? more awareness. Yeah. Well, um, in the case of your friend, the only consolation, I guess, is the fact that you have a photograph of that fabulous yeah. hairstyle. And I had to, uh, I had to send, send that to, to, to her. Uh, and because when we got home, she didn't remember, and we, she was going with me all to you know to do this research and all that. So many people that found it very interesting, even at the market, people that have come to do their hair, that kind of started new conversations. There's a, a there was this lady that was getting her hair done, and her friend walked in. She was selling wigs, and she now said to her. <laughs> So you have your hair this short. So what she has is low cut. So she's doing braids because she does braids only in Enugu. But in Lagos she doesn't because she said it's the only Enugu that could do her hair the way she wants it. So, and her friend said to her, so you have your hair this short. What's your husband saying? And it, it was so... <laughs> and I'm like... Well, I mean, men can get into my husband got into the whole. He couldn't wait for my hair to grow, so I'll have this big afro. But to now reduce somebody to not even enjoy what they like because you want to make somebody that might not even be complaining in the first place to happy. Make them happy. Yes. So and she, she said, "Oh, that my husband doesn't even care. I have, I have over twenty weeks." and he actually likes my short hair so i think i'm actually the problem not my husband and it was it was good to hear that having been here now and seen uh, the installations the drawings and all of that uh, for, for instance, these 51 on mm. uh, paper, mm. what Hand would be paper. the, um, sorry? Handmade paper. Handmade paper, yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, what would be the uh, eventual, shall I say, destination of these 51 pieces? Um, would, would they be collectible by a collector? They, of course, they are collectible. A couple are gone. Um, think about seven but again i've stopped uh, kind of selling them because i realized um, it would be good to sell them in a bulk it would be good if a museum approaches me it's also good to send it for exhibitions if there is 
places if there are places it could go to but i know this has started a new a new medium a new way to work and that it will eventually go to a larger size knowing that i've conquered it being small uh-huh. being portable in miniature in, yeah i mean in miniature and now that i'm going to transform it to it being also very large larger than life and all that so yeah please tell me that the, okay so please tell me that the seven that have that have that are already taken that they're yeah. still here that's still they're here. still here yeah. they stay here until the end of the exhibition they stay here until the end of the exhibition and they travel back to germany with me as well because my plan is to take this show to germany so no work is living okay no work is leaving this space okay so they're uh, all traveling together yeah they're all traveling together intact. it's going to be intact it's okay. going to be a traveling experience now we're, we're walking under this amazing flying masquerade with blue hair <laughs> strands of blue hair flying everywhere yeah please um, talk to us about this okay and this, what, it, what is yeah what is it called this is called my head under my head under yeah so and we're on date. <laughs> yes, yes. So this work was inspired uh, by my trip to Enugu. Uh, when we left the hair salon or the hair shed, on our way back to my hotel, we ran into, or oh, I saw, I see things, I'm good with observation. So I saw this woman, I tapped my friend, see, it was just split second. She was lying down in the middle of the road, you know, the pavement. So the, my initial thought was, oh, she's mad. How can this, you know, she looked, the colors looked beautiful. It wasn't one dress, there were multiple dress, dresses put together. Mm-hmm. And fabrics. Yeah, okay, fabrics okay. or I don't know, I couldn't make up. I was just seeing this different colors and that I wasn't seeing her head. I was seeing strands of hair all over. So I now said, when I went, oh, she's mad or something like mm-hmm. that. Like I, a mentally I, ill person. Yeah, mm-hmm. I went like, I had to hold myself back and went like, don't say that again. Is it possible that it's one of these women that cleans the street? And she's it's, just tired. And that she's just tired and resting. So I started thinking, looking at, you know, how already the memory is already inside. So I was just going with the whole scenario that could have been. And it took me also to a place or the discussion I had had in Lagos before leaving with someone that uh, looks after um, uh, dreadlocks for people. She runs... A loctician. Yeah, uh, she runs... That's the only thing they do. And that the first time we had a conversation, we were at each other's truth, like Team Natural, Team Locks. And at the end of the day, we kind of ended it and made up and went like... Why are we against each other again? Because this is, this is natural. Yeah, yeah I, and she said to me, why are we against each other again? I said, I don't even know how we got here. You're both natural. Yeah, we're both natural. We just decide to do it differently. 
So it also took me, reminded me of some of the things she said that uh, they go through, people with lots that people automatically assume you might be crazy or you you are on drugs yeah, and yeah, so many people a channel to getting drugs and all that yeah. and yeah. and i remembered my mom complaining that my brother had started grow, uh, uh, growing his hair he was not going to get a job again no that was in germany what kind of noise and please pray for him please talk to him you know all that the assumptions that put around that we put around things like that and i i'm like it's not as if we've gone really past the time where uh, being dread it was a taboo and all that. So why are we against such? Why, is why the do stigma? we? Why this? Why do? Why the stigma? Why do we automatically assume someone with dreadlocks is either mad or doing drugs and the whole thing that comes with it? So I saw when I saw it, I saw beauty. I saw somebody that is resting. I saw. So many other things that people don't even connect to, and that's what led to this piece. I see that um, uh, blue hair uh, features prominently in this. Yes, yes. Um, when I started working, the colors that um, I love blue, by the way, is one of my favorite colors, and I think somebody once asked me, "What's your favorite color?" I said. To be honest, I don't know because I take each one and fly with it. So, but I realized that blue is something that I really, really like. It might not tomorrow. It might be a different color that would be my, my favorite color. So, blue is featured in the installation in there, in the work there. But the different that turquoise blue, and that one there is blue. There is blue here, there is blue. So you see there is blue eye uh, makeup there. So blue kind of became one color that was constant, that was repetitive in all the work. Even though when you look at it, which is something we might have missed is, I'm also, we created a negative space in this space by using the mirror. It's so obvious when people walk in that they're seeing what happens in a salon when you walk in. But <laughs> Wow. Yeah, present day salon. But why I, I chose negative space was to connect this past and today. And also because I used mirror a lot in all the works, I drew mostly a negative self. That self you might not be so in touch with. So even with the drawings I was using, Another mirror use. I work with two things: the magnifying uh, um, glass. glass and then mirror to flip the look. So it tells me, okay, if I look in the mirror, this is the self I'm seeing. So I would draw that. What you're seeing? In the yeah, mirror. what I was seeing in the mirror. So like this one, I staged. I staged this piece, and I did like I did. The same thing in all of it. She's my curator. Yes. So we have uh, Wura Natasha Ogunji here with us, and she's the curator of um, Ngozi Shoma's uh, exhibition, The Way We Mask. Um, so welcome. Uh, <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I'm told you're, 
you're quite busy also yourself, even aside from curating this um, exhibition. What else are you up to? Well, moment? I'm an artist myself, so I draw and sew, and I and sew on paper, and I also do performance. Um, and right now I'm working on some paintings for the Stellenbosch Biennial. So um, talk to us about um, curating your, the process, the work, curating the, the way we mask exhibition mm -hmm. for, for Ngozi Shamas. For me as an artist, it was a lovely experience to curate because we think of curators often as being distanced from the work, as doing research and having to come up with a way of structuring an exhibition. But with this, Ngozi and I worked together and talked in her studio, um, had conversations. So it wasn't just me kind of putting something together, but it was really a dialogue that occurred throughout her process of making. And I was lucky enough to be in Ghana when she was working in her studio there, so I could really see the work as it evolved and um, see her experiments, and, um, and we could have conversations throughout. Yeah, so it, it, this wasn't like... Uh, an artist had like 30 pieces of work and you just helped to choose the 18 that would go in an exhibition. So it was very much an organic process, you're saying. Yes, and I was lucky enough to be able to talk with her and see what she was working on at the beginning and see the experiments. I think that we often think that everything comes out in a perfect, exact way and really some of the joy and excitement about making art is in the experiments and figuring out what works and what doesn't and how we're affected by our environment or a conversation or something we saw or smell or ate that day and um, so it was really lovely to be able to be in the journey of curating but more of like a conversation and um, and there were different points when Ngozi talked about wanting to draw from um, these older images of hair or wanting to try something out like hanging a, hanging a drawing on the ceiling and um, she which could try it, <laughs> which she's done, which is amazing. Um, and, uh, and, well, it's just nice because I think that oftentimes with exhibitions you want the artist, the artist is expected to come with framed works to sell. And this is more about really exploring what is interesting for her, what kind of language she's developing, um, what kind of directions she wants to try out. So you have everything from small drawings to sculptural pieces, and those could go in very different directions as she continues with this project or a new project. So she says you've been there from the beginning, so you've been able to see how her thoughts and ideas have evolved, changed... Yeah. From the time she joined, she's been there. There was never a disconnection, even when I went back to Germany and she went back to Lagos and other places that we stayed in touch through. Sometimes I disconnect, but then I'll get Wara's email or phone call or WhatsApp message and I go like, oh, I'm going to say that something. <laughs> And then we'll talk, not just sending, but also talk about it and the suggestions that come from far and how I kind of run with it or go like, okay, it's actually the direction I'm going with. Or go like, okay, I'll we'll try this, but um, I'm not so sure about this one. So it was good to have this constant presence that says, uh, okay, 
and push me because I think yeah I I think the best thing with working with curators so far I've always since I since my career started I've always worked with curators is to have someone that brings new thing or push you to new to new levels or places you wouldn't even go in the first place. So, and that is what Wura did as well with this project. Brilliant. So, like, how long has it has it been this this work this process? Um, like I said, with the ideas and producing, two years. So, and, and you've been working she's with been, Wura all that. Um, she came on board January or end of December. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we. The, the idea for the show December 2018 was, yeah, but I've seen her work from, you know, the past few years, so I'm familiar with, with the work, and we've been having discussions about art, etc., so um, it's a, you know, it's just a process of getting to know each other as friends, and also as, um, as colleagues, as artists, and sharing our work, and, and talking about, you know, art things. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, so maybe you might want uh, I've really like talked about this a bit when I talk about going to Enugu and getting that timeline. Like I said, this work pretty much, in as much as is addressing hair and the past, is also a tra- uh, a time traveling uh, pieces. Like takes you through the whole time frame. So this I went to Enugu, but what made me go to Enugu is all, again the, my mom's photo that I, I found. She doesn't have so many of those photos, but the few that she had really helped a long way. So I went back to Enugu to connect again with that space and look at the hairstyles and see what is coming back and what's not coming back. For the Igbos, these hairstyles are basically from from uh, the 70s, the 80s, and we had the disconnect because of the civil war. So when the styles started coming back, um, I mean, they they have similar names. Someone was telling me that the one we called uh, story building, that the Yorubas called Onile Onile Gogoro, so which is uh, the same thing, but just uh, a different a different name. And you see this one, we call this one the crown. And uh, we have coily, we have eight, as in the number eight. And you're seeing, this is Pafinga, by the okay, way. Okay, the Pafinga paf that you were talking about earlier. Yeah, okay. that's Pafinga, that's which is basically oh, like... gorgeous. Yeah, like, mind your business, like, <laughs> I'm not speaking with you. So there are lots of other hairstyles, but the good thing is, going back to that space, and seeing that the women, even the older ones, that they were dealing with what I was dealing with, which is... Uh, forgetting the memory, forgetting the past and not remembering some of those uh, hairstyles. Those ones that are more easier, they school kids, they do the styles uh, and some older women do the coiling, it's called coiling. Okay, so um, these are threaded styles, yes, we Yorubas yes. would call it kiko. Yeah, <laughs> Isio, we call it Isio. And then I like that this works kind of relate to to those drawings because it feels almost like the the drawings are co- in as much as it's in different styles but it's almost taking a new shape like the drawings coming out of the drawings to form from the solid round forms that you could 
go around it. So, so this is all one work? Is yeah, it? this is all to, to that one is all one. To the wall is one work. <laughs> from, from here? From here down there. To the, and to the drawing on the wall? Yeah. Um, so so I, I wanted to take um, Wura, Natasha's, um, you know, if you can just talk a, a little also as the curator. What's the name of this one? Um, this one is just the usual Bob Marley that people get, you know, the long hair. And what I like, you know, I keep connecting past and present, how they kind of go hand in hand. So, and I made this. Wura was there when this one started. I like the way in the piece called The Way We Mask, which is also the title of the exhibition, you have all these strands of coiled hair hanging from the ceiling, blue and different colors. And I like that it's like a drawing, it's lines, but it's also a sculpture. And she's really isolated like the basic material that she's working with. So using this, um, so it becomes more than hair, it becomes more than a mask, it becomes related to the material itself and the way it takes up space, and it becomes a larger form because of the scale. So I think that kind of experimentation is very exciting in this exhibition. So this, for instance, would have had to be drawn here in the museum, in situ, so to speak. Describe this for, for the listeners, this, if you will. Okay, this is just the things I feel like my hair does. And again, like I said, I and keep... And this takes up a whole wall and yes. then some of yes. this uh, exhibition, room of the exhibition. Yes, yes, yes. So what I've done is still to take from those. Like take some of those. To take from fingers. the way we... Okay, Yes. Yeah, so everything is really connected. There is nothing in this exhibition that has no, that I would say, oh, is not connecting to anything. So, so every that piece is, is in conversation is, with... Is, yeah, with, with the past. So what I've done is to take some of the styles that are there. You see the straight ones. The, but the that thing in the fifty one No, okay. in this one. In the okay. Yeah, so you see the straight ones. There those are those yes. ones. And I started with the straight one. I didn't start with the straight one, but I want the straight straight ones to like kind of begin the conversation. And I picked it when I was picking which styles that will go on the wall because my husband makes fun of me when I twist my hair and leave it like that he goes like what are you trying to electrocute yeah so and i'm like huh he says antenna your antenna what are you trying to do with it so he still walked in and called it antenna so i started with antenna and it's me saying yes it's my antenna but i love this antenna you know so I kind of start with that, and you see where it goes this way. It's just my hair in that coiled state. Then I link it back again with the with the back finger, which is connecting still with the with the antennas. Kind of, I do not care what you think about this, but this is me. This is what I'm rocking. So that's what is going. Then you see again the hair continues its curl and finishes up there. So this that you've drawn, how long did it take? It didn't take that, I will say that it didn't take that much time, but I can't tell you the time frame because I only draw 
when I'm free from the installation because we had to work hand in hand with the tech people to make everything work. So it was, and I can also draw when I'm not stressed out. So I would say if I put the times together, maybe an hour, it wasn't more than that. Yeah. And we had only one ladder to work with. <laughs> wow. So you had to wait until the ladder yeah, was free. Yeah, until the ladder was free. And when nobody would call me, and even working there, I still got calls, or when he's at the airport, who is going to get him from the, you know. So I was picking times when I wouldn't have so much distraction from that to be able to, to draw. And, and this is um, on the spot. I mean, it, it, yeah. it, 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 it ends here. It doesn't it's, get created elsewhere. No, it doesn't. It, um, when I'm going to draw again, it will take a new life because it is permanent. It gets, if, it's, if you came and said, but this is the one I, work, I want. Next time when you've decided to go this mad, please put a paper there and do it. So do that a bouncy, do something like yeah, that. Yeah, that we can buy it that or something. I said I off. wasn't I wasn't I wanted to really Aurora understands my my craze with space. I wanted us to really own this museum space and thinking about rolling something up and taking it or reselling it didn't even come in mind with this. And uh collective idea not to not to frame not to cage this history not to cage everything that goes on within was why the are I'm trying not to cry because it's been um, a long journey and and so and so emotional so each time I talk about I try not, I try so much not to cry. I don't know, I just hope that people really get it and see from where I'm speaking up, you know. <sighs> yes. A true artist. Thank you. A true artist. Thank you. I have to say something about the hands okay, that paying tribute to the stylist that we never mentioned. And they're all over the places. And Shall we go there? I don't know if I can say more. But okay. But that's it. It's the gestures, the child trying to take off her hair and do a new style. The exaggerated hair that hand there, that all connected, is really paying tribute to these women that left us with so much and. And they are unsung. And uh, really, yes. <laughs> That's what those ones are for. I know people say it and just see my me doing my hair, but that's actually what it is. You're paying tribute to the labors of women yes. gone. Yes. I have tissue in my bag. Let me quickly get it. It's okay. I'm, I'm so sorry. No, no, I don't know. Please don't. I, this is sublime, and this is also... This is part of the, the story also. And I don't mean that in a mercenary way at all. No, it's not. I think this, this and, and, speaks to your heart and I know more than anything I, I could say. I keep saying it. I'm not trying to uh, um, 
what do you call it, be whatever, but Ura understood what I was doing. She really did get it. She understood all the inspiration that were not even there, that you cannot look at it and say it immediately. She knew what was going on and knew also when I had to take away the, the, the part of jamming, which is the identity issues and all that, and said, because this is about you, just, I don't know, like... I think part of what's so powerful and exciting and compelling about this exhibition is that the work is really coming from a Nigerian context. And I think it's important, especially the way the art scene and um, system and art world here is growing so fastly and in such an an exciting way. I think it's really important that we take time to think about what our own narratives are, how we describe our own work, what it means to us, what the philosophy is, what the theory is, like it ha- what the language is that we talk about the work with. And it's something that really has to grow from each individual artist and how each individual artist places themselves in the place where they find themselves. It may be Lagos, Enugu, Nigeria, but that the, the way we talk about it and all the conversations around it are really uh, important and it's very powerful when we are defining those conversations ourselves, even when we don't know things. Like, I don't know what this is about. I know that I'm inspired by this photograph of my mom when she was younger and had this afro, but I want to investigate this, not because it has something to do with post-coloniality or with black identity in Europe or the United States, but because I have this very personal connection and I see this very... Um, exciting history that is both personal and that is both related to the people I spend time with and grew up with. And so I think that the show is really exciting on multiple levels and it has the ability to really help us think about and define how we talk about art here. Yes, great. What you said about how we define ourselves also and before you joined the conversation, uh, she had been talking, the artist had been talking about um, this uh, exhibition in Germany and some of um, and wanting to narrow down the focus for the exhibition here in Nigeria in talking about hair. And lately, some of the discussion around uh, you know, black hair has theorized in Europe and America in recent times has come under criticism for not including 4C type hair. And that's why I think her exploration is also so important because you cannot accuse uh, her work of that kind of... um, That kind of read. (laughs) Yes, totally. And a lot of the conversation in Europe and the US is about kind of blackness the way we do our hair related to identity, blackness, and also self-hatred. And when you come here to this continent, you realize that like, it's not about that at all. It's about creativity. The, the hair becomes this place of possibility of, um, I mean, all of the titles of these things, mind your own business. I mean, you have these titles of hairstyles, they're architecture. They're a statement, they're a way of moving through space as women, of calling attention and also respect. And so 
the use of hair that's not actual our actual hair the embellishment is a place of power and creativity and uh like the expansion of the universe as yeah, opposed to a limiting yes um, messaging i mean i remember yeah. now that the the hair that for de- decades now has been known as shadiadu is actually from the rise of shadiadu and people seeing shadiadu on the telecast of um uh, band aid uh back then and seeing she just pulled back her hair and then from then on this weaving which is close to the scalp and going back became known as shadia yes so you see you, it's brilliant it's yeah. brilliant yeah. um and then i was really moved when she was um, i'm hoping that she can also expand on that if um when she said the the hands they're not just her hands but paying tribute to women down the ages in these parts who have uh labored in trying to give meaning to hair and creating beauty out of hair um i had also looking in the at the at the exhibition catalog i was also touched by the fact that she she mentioned the women that she's worked with uh in preparing for this exhibition and she also mentions them by their cultural names mama this mama mm. that um i i i was hoping that she might because it's also about giving those women visibility mm-hmm. and, and acknowledgement yeah mm-hmm. i mean i think it's a it's a really um beautiful powerful and skilled uh position that these women have and they aren't just laborers you know they have a lot of power in the salon there's a hierarchy of power and there's a lot of political discussion and opinion and decisions that are made in that place and people also bring their personal issues to the salon and they get worked out and they find support so it's a it's a place that's extremely powerful and and i think oftentimes the labor goes unacknowledged because it seems like ah oh, you're just doing hair now it's just utility right but it's actually much more than that there are and many more layers exactly exactly i told you we all owe that to ourselves this therapy your me time yes, yes. Yeah. uh the other day you were talking about some of the interesting interactions oh, that, that you had here. even even here in the in the museum as you were installing Yeah. <coughs> the exhibition. Yes, yes, yes. And around, I mean, if there's anything you're happy to share, because I thought there was a lot of meaning in that. Yeah, uh, the women were really amazed. They wanted to buy the hair, the treaded hairstyles, like off the rack immediately, prize on it and all. So I told them it's for exhibition. I said, okay, but you have to start making one, the ones that we can buy and wear. And what I would say take away from it is that since then they've all been here to see the exhibition. They find it really interesting, you know, like I feel like we can connect to people or, or, or with this this something like this even though it's not put the usual way they're not framed it's on canvas and all that but they even with the normal ones that I see people constantly looking up the sky kids from uh, Kwara state came for excursion here at the museum but they didn't know 
this was going on. So they were so happy that they said they came at the right time. It's the right way to come for an excursion. So I saw them getting really uh, into all the pieces. Even it was for me, we are not enough here to to mind the space because I do not have signs that says not to touch. Not when you touch. look at the drawing, they people have really touched it to make sure that it, it's charcoal uh, or it's not. To I don't check. know, but <laughs> the need to check leaves also all this uh, smudge so that, that you and I constantly to augment the I have to let them in in batches I wouldn't and luckily I was here that day because I don't know what would have happened they almost want to go into the piece like stand till their body is and I go like no do not stand like that you will still be able to take images without entering into the image. So they learned also the art of appreciating work without having to touch it. But it's a full-time job to do that, to let them. And call, uh, some of them really asked questions like, what inspired you? Why are you doing it? And which is what I want, because they are the younger generations and they need to know. So it's been a good experience you know having to not just people in art uh, scene or that already understand but the ones that don't join more yeah, people in to, and the younger to, generation yes so it made me happy to witness them be here and but, but when they left i was like okay <laughs> it, was, it was just like a whole you know how how classes are here in nigeria it's not few people it's usually 40. 50 yeah. 60 and that's what i had here so you can't let all of them come in at the same time it would be a disaster and some wouldn't even leave when they were leaving there is one they kept on dragging if one said to him if i call you one more time that's it <laughs> you know? it was funny you know? and he said no you don't see things like this every day oh wow and i li i liked i liked it coming from a young a young man Wow. Wonderful. Yeah. It says something about uh, the need for the people to yes. see. I mean, the, the, the name of our podcast is Art for the People. Yeah. And I think that's a really beautiful thing you've just shared there. Yeah. You know. Thank you so, Thank so you much. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Ngozi Shomas. Yeah. Thank you. Wura Natasha Ogunji, artist and curator of this exhibition. And you say that this exhibition is going to go to Germany. That's my plan, whether Sometime they like it or year. not. <laughs> I love that. I don't stop when I put my mind to something. So yeah. I'm yeah. going to make it work that yeah. it travels. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This episode was recorded at the National Museum Onikon, Lagos. Art for the People podcast is supported by Radio Now 101.9 FM, Lagos. Music is by Edaoto. Mimo is the one who produces the show. And I'm your host, Molara Wood. We value your feedback. So do leave your comments on our social media handles, Twitter, Instagram, or 
wherever you listen. Don't forget to rate Art for the People, share and subscribe so you don't miss any episode. Thanks for listening. Until next time, wherever you get your podcast. Ejabara wa si amara wa si Ejabara wa ya yo Ejabara ni sotoro Ejabara ni sotoro